0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Soul Wars, Part 3. Enjoy. Yeah, Soul Wars, the Lord is with you. Well, this is like Star Wars. Life is really kind of like Star Wars, isn't it? Except we're in a real war. There's a real war going on between darkness and light. Whether you realize it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, it's happening. And so we don't want you to go through life unaware of it. We want you to win, right? God wants you to win. He wants you to be able to recognize the devil's strategies to discourage you. So he wants to give you light so that you can step over the darkness and go through and become all that he's made you to be. So this darkness, these spirits of darkness, they're trying to keep you from experiencing God. Isn't that a stinker? Right? They're trying to keep you from personally experiencing God's life. They're trying to keep you from personally experiencing his love. They're trying to keep you from being the person God made you to be. And how do they do that? We'll review a little bit since it's been a couple weeks. How do these spirits of darkness do this? How do they hinder us from experiencing God's life and love and power? Well, their primary weapon is thoughts. By trying to get you to believe things about God and about yourself that aren't true. That's how they do it. They'll shoot thoughts your way. Sometimes it could be through another person, could be through a church, could be through a friend, could be uh, through something you read, but they'll shoot a thought into your head to try and get you to believe something about God and about yourself that's not true. And if you do that, what happens is your view of God And your understanding of God becomes darkened, and it will hinder you from experiencing the fullness of what He wants to do in your life. It's hard to see when you don't have enough light, right? It's hard to find what you're looking for when you don't have enough light. I'm so glad they put flashlights now on the phones, right, so I can look under the couch when I need to. Right, But it's nice to be able to, boom, hit that little button and, oh, there it is. right? Well, that's what faith in Christ does. When you put your faith in him and his promises, light comes on. And you can see and understand things that you couldn't see and understand before. So we started off this year encouraging you to keep the light on, to look to Jesus in 2016. He's the light that you need to be the person you were made to be. All right? Jesus is the light you need to find yourself. He really is. You know, you can't find yourself without his light. You can't. He's the light you need to see who he's made you to be. Right? So let's go to our scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. So we're resisting the darkness. Right? We've got our eyes on the light. Jesus Christ in 2016, and we're resisting the darkness. We're not giving into it. We're not listening to it, right? We're letting the light of God's promises lead the way in 2016. It's a new year, and if you've made any kind of resolutions for 2016 and you haven't done very well in January, so what? Keep going. Don't stop because you've messed up. Just keep on going right? That's perseverance. The persevering spirit of Christ is in us. He won't let us quit. He keeps us. Verse 10, Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Psalm 68 verse 28 says, the Lord God has commanded your strength. 68, Psalm 68, 28, I believe. The Lord God has commanded your strength. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is supernatural. It's not a, um, what's a good, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger strength. This is supernatural strength, right? This is God's strength. Be strong in God's strength, in God's power. God has provided supernatural power for you to live your daily life in. He's commanded it. Verse 11, put on the whole, W-H-O-L-E, armor of God. It has no holes in it, H-O-L-E-S. Aren't you glad it's whole? It covers every area of our lives do you remember where, what the armor is? It's good to know what the armor is. If you don't know what the armor is, you can't put it on, right? What is the armor of God? Psalm 91, 4. Put that baby up there. There it is. His faithful promises are your armor. Wow. His faithful promises are your armor. Put them on. The whole armor, stay on that scripture right there. There, his faithful promises protect you. Put them on. His whole, the whole armor. In other words, that God has your whole life covered. There are promises for every area of you. Yes. Amen. Put them on. Learn them. Yes. Go ahead. Right? When we're reading through the Bible, we, we are, we've got our radar on, radar on for the promises of God. That's through him, right? 2 Peter 1 tells us that through his promises we become partakers of his nature. His promises are our armor. How do you put them on? You, you fill your mind with them, you fill your heart with them, and you speak them over your life. That's how you put the armor on. You speak His promises over your life, and you believe them in your heart. What do you believe about them? That they're true for you now. That's the difference between religion and a real relationship with Christ. Now. Now. It's the now reality of His promises in our lives. So we put on the armor by speaking his promises over our lives and believing them in our heart that what God has promised is so in our lives today. Let's keep on going here. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Why do we do this? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So if we don't speak the promises of God over our lives, if we don't believe them in our heart, we're not going to be able to stand against the schemes and strategies of the devil. He has them against you. Don't live in denial of that. We don't deny that. We're not ignorant of his schemes. We're sharp. right? We're aware of his schemes. He's trying to keep us from experiencing the abundant life that Christ came to give us. Right? So, in order to stand against him and be victorious over Darth Vader. Right? We speak the promises of God with our mouths and we believe them in our heart. And it's amazing if you, if you do this regularly, the light that begins to shine in your life, the things that you, be able, you, you are able to see, the strategies of the enemy that are exposed by simply speaking his promises with your mouth and believing them in your heart. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That word spiritual is so important. You got to dereligify it, right? Because religion puts spiritual things in some kind of unknown category where they're really not relevant to your daily life. They're just kind of for the, for the thereafter, maybe. But that's not, that's, not, that's not truth. Nothing could be more relevant to your life than the spirit realm. The spirit realm is where the answers are for the issues that you are facing today. If you're going to experience God, If you're going to have a vibrant Jesus relationship with the one who made you, you've got to realize the spiritual realities of life. In other words, who God is, what he's done for you through Christ, and who you are in him. Those are the the essential keys to experiencing him, who he is, who he really is. Not who, who your church told you he is, but who he really is. What he's done for you through Christ and who you are in him. You'll hear me repeat these regularly because they're so important. All right. So we started looking in our last message. Now, if you haven't listened to it, boy, go back. All right, go back and listen. It was two weeks ago. We started looking more closely at this spirit realm. It's not hocus pocus, it's not weird. Right? It's very real. Let's go, let's, let's go again to Hebrews 11.3. We are growing stronger. The you of 2015 is no more. You're stronger now. You're stronger now. We're going higher. That means you're going to change. Don't expect to stay the same. Right? We embrace the change that God brings about in our lives. His change, right? Which is more glory. Right? More strength, more wisdom, more life, going higher, from glory to glory. Hebrews 11:3. Let's understand this invisible realm, because it's so important. Through faith, we understand. Boy, you can say that again, right? Through faith in Jesus Christ, faith in God's promises, we understand things that could not be understood without faith in Christ. So you've got um, talented experts esteemed experts who don't have faith in Christ that are that are communicating what they say are the meaning of life are trying to explain the universe you can't do it apart from Jesus he is the universe right It's through faith in Christ we understand the meaning of life. He is the meaning of life. You aren't going to understand it apart from Him. All you're doing is coming up with your own conclusion with a little help from spirits of darkness, right? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Wow. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I just noticed there's moving stars in this little backdrop. That's pretty cool. Oh, okay. It looks like little stars in our universe there. Okay, All right. So this is good. <laughs> Do you see the little? There we go. Woo! Little meteor shooting across the screen there. All right. So the things which are seen, were not made of things that are seen. Right. Very important to understand. So things we can detect with our five senses were made from things we can't detect with our five senses. Wow. Is that an eye opener? right? It changes our whole focus in life, right? All right, Hebrews 11.3. Let's keep going. So visible things, right? Visible things came from the invisible realm. Wow. There's people that will turn you off right there. As believers, as sons and daughters of God, this is where we live. This is where we think and operate, it should not be foreign to you as a son and daughter of God. This is how, where we live. This is where we operate. This is where we're from. Invisible is infinitely more powerful than the visible. The invisible existed long before the visible. Do You remember in our last message, we went back all the way to the beginning before the darkness. Where do you go in the Bible if you want to go all the way back to the beginning? John one. John 1. Yeah. John chapter one. If you want to go all the way back to the beginning, before darkness, you got to go to John one right. verse one. Why? Because before anyone was, before anything was, Jesus is. Right. In the beginning was the Word. Right? We know first John one five, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Has God changed? Is darkness cool now so God wants to get in on it? No. No. He's pure light. He'll never be dark. He has nothing to do with darkness. It's important to understand that because there are those who teach from pulpits that God has a partnership with darkness, that he uses darkness to teach you things. Nothing could be further from the truth. There are those who will use scriptures to justify that, but they're wrong anyway. Don't believe something just because it's a Bible scripture. (gasps) Did you hear that? Don't believe something just because it's a scripture on a page in the Bible. It's got to agree with the person of Jesus Christ. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, God is not a word on a piece of paper. He's a living being, and you can take things out of context. You can misunderstand words on a paper. But Jesus is God, right? He's the living word. He's not a word on a paper. Thank God for the Bible. It is is essential to life. But you've got to read it through the light of who he is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. So we went all the way back, and we found out when the darkness came. Because in the beginning, there was no darkness. Do you guys remember when darkness came into the picture? It was in that gap of time between verse 1 and verse 1 of Genesis and verse two. You remember, let's go back there. Genesis chapter one. Let's refresh ourselves. Hallelujah, God is a spirit. You guys remember that in John 4, 24, right? And he made us in his image, so what does that make us? Spirits, yeah. This is the realm we operate in. There are a lot of carnal believers that operate in the flesh realm, in the natural realm, and they're frustrated. Because if you operate based on the natural realm, you're going to be a frustrated child of God because things will confuse you. We walk walk in the spirit, it says in Romans, right? So let's go all the way back. We are in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, I've got to read you something. This is so good. So now God is light, right? So there's pure light at this point in time. No darkness. Right? Now, to to help us understand the reality of the spirit realm, I want to read to you a little excerpt from a pamphlet from Charles Capps' ministry. This is written by his daughter, Annette Capps. Okay, it's called Parallel Plane of the Spirit World. And there's just a few paragraphs. There's a little subheading here. It's called Where Angels Dwell. All right? Very helpful. Because Jesus said, The words I speak to you are spirit and are life. Okay, the spirit realm is where the answers are for the natural issues you're dealing with or the issues you're dealing with that are manifest in the natural realm. Okay, so his daughter's writing this. She was taking a trip with her dad. Her dad's a pilot. She says, many years ago, my father and I were taking a trip to Tulsa from Arkansas. As we were flying along, I was meditating on the spirit realm when suddenly the Holy Spirit gave me an example of how it operates. I thought this was great. Before we started the engine, the propeller was stationary, and I could see both blades clearly. However, once the engine started, I could only see the outline of the propeller. When we were cruising, the propeller was turning so fast, I couldn't even see it. Isn't that cool, the scriptures began to pour into my mind. Romans eight eleven, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Hebrews four twelve, for the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Now listen to this. This is really cool. The reason that the propeller was invisible to my eyes was that it was quick. It was too fast for me to see, but it was there nonetheless, right? What if the angels are in a plane, uh, in a, not an airplane, but a level of existence, Right? that is moving much faster than our human eyes can see. Ever heard of the speed of light? Perhaps the atoms that make up the substance of their being are moving so quickly that we can't see them even though they are present. This is cool. (laughs) Maybe they have to slow down to enable us to see them. The natural habitat for us as spirit beings, which we are, is the spirit world. We came from that world and we will return to it. We have been born into the earth for a plan and purpose. In order to fulfill that purpose, we have been given an earth suit, our body. This earth suit slows us down. At the moment of death, we escape this body that has dragged us down and are released into the unseen world where we will see Christ and those who have gone on before. I think that's excellent. Now, if you've ever watched science fiction films, there's this old Twilight Zone that we saw, a black and white one. And this guy goes on a, I forget where they sent him, to uh, Mars. Another play, but he's in suspended animation for like, not, I don't know how many years. And then he comes back. And they, they created this ship that traveled at light speed. And they were theorizing that if we could travel at light speed, that we wouldn't age. And that's what they, this episode was about. But now, how fast is light speed? Someone help me out. Faster than I drive. How many miles a second? 100, some thousand? Yeah, 180. I don't know. Yeah, something, yeah. 186,000, it's fast. But that's natural light, you understand. That's not God's light. That's natural light. So God can go from here at occasions to Pluto and back again before you can blink. Because he's supernatural light, all right? This is the spirit realm. It's powerful. So in the beginning was this God light. God is light. right, are you with me? Getting the picture here? Light, pure, supernatural God filling everything, all right? Now we go to verse 2. And the earth was formless and void and darkness, what? Was over the surface of the deep. One and two don't go together. Something doesn't compute if you know who God is. Something happened between verse 1 and... And verse 2, and we, we talked about that more in-depthly. We're not going to go back into it today. But we saw, we looked at the definition of four words. The word was, formless, void, and darkness. And the Living Bible, I think it is, gives us an alternate reading of this verse. Let's pull that up there. The earth became, that Hebrew word can also be translated became for was. The earth became a shapeless, Chaotic mass. Wow. Then we took the definitions of those words and we read it like this. Let's go to the the. the earth became a chaotic wilderness of waste, an undistinguishable ruin. That's how you study the Hebrew. That's what it says. Powerful. So what happened? Everything was light, and it became ruin. Well, we learned that in our last message. Make sure you listen to it, right? Lucifer rebelled. We know that God, pure light, created angels, and they were beings who had a free will. And we don't, we're not going to read it again, but we looked at Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 that talk about Lucifer and what he did. But at some point in time, in that gap of time between verse 1 and verse 2, he corrupted his thinking. He decided that he knew better than God and that he should be sitting on God's throne instead of God, right? And when he he convinced some of the angels that that was true. And those that rebelled with him, Jesus said in Luke 10, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And this is when it happened. He was cast down from heaven to earth and he wreaked havoc on the earth. He corrupted what God created. Very important to understand that. All right, so, I mean, this is, this is uh, probably as contrasting as you can get from verse 1 to verse 2. It's a huge discrepancy, a huge, huge difference between who God is and what we see in verse 2. But how does God respond to it? How does he respond to darkness? Very important. Well, let's look at what verse 2 says. And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now that little word there, moved, is only used three times in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. Give us the Living Bible, alternate reading there. And the earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass, with the Spirit of God brooding... Brooding, moving, brooding over the dark vapors. What's the definition of brooding, do you know? Showing deep unhappiness of thought. He's brooding over what just happened. It grieved his heart. Darkness grieves God's heart. He doesn't want it to happen, but he didn't create robots. Angels have a free will, and we have a free will. It grieves his heart. We only see this word three times in the Old Testament. The next, another time we see this word is in Jeremiah 23.9. Let's put that up there. Now, if you know the, the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a true prophet of God. But much of his ministry was confronting false prophets. That's not fun. In other words, you have people standing up declaring things that God said that God never said, right? They're false prophets. And that's what this verse is talking about. And Jeremiah is speaking. He says, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets. He's talking about the false prophets. All my bones shake. There's that word again in Genesis 1-2. Moving, brooding, shaking because of grief. Powerful, isn't it? Are you getting the picture? Why was God in this, why was God responding this way? Because darkness grieves him, right? Another definition of brooding is to think deeply about something that makes one unhappy. God doesn't take darkness lightly, right? The, The third place that we see this word used is in Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. So even though God was grieved, And brooding, he was not overcome by the darkness. He didn't let the darkness overcome him. He overcame it, right? Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, darkness, but overcome evil, darkness, with good, with light. That's what we do, right? Deuteronomy, so this is describing God now. I like this. The same word is used again. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers. There's that word the third time. Only three times in the Old Testament it's used. And hovers over its young. So now we get a picture of God in verse 2. He's moving, he's brooding, he's shaking, and he's hovering. Why does an eagle stir up its nest? Right? Why does it hover over its young? Because it wants its young to grow and to fly. God is getting ready to do something in verse 2 that is unparalleled in all of time. He's getting ready to create His young. He's getting ready to make man in His own image. How does God respond to the darkness? He speaks light and He made beings in His image to shine with His light. And that's what we do. We speak light and we make disciples of all nations. What's a disciple? A being who's on earth radiating with the light of Jesus Christ. Isn't that the Great Commission? Go and preach the good news, the light to all creatures. Make disciples of all nations. We speak light and we make disciples, new creatures in Christ Jesus. This is how God responds and this is what we do. Now let's look at verse 3. Hallelujah. Then God said, the moving, brooding, shaking, spreading his wings, God, said, let there be light. And there was light. This is not natural light. This is God light. God is light. Now, in the Hebrew, there's only two words here. We say in English, let there be light. But there's two words. It says light be or be light. The word light there is supernatural. It literally means illumination in every sense, including happiness, brightness, and clarity. God says, light be, illumination in every sense. Now, the word be is the same word that he said to Moses when Moses asked him, who shall I tell them that sent me? I am that I am. Light be. What is God doing? He's speaking who he is into the darkness. Isn't that what Jesus did in his ministry? And in Matthew 4, when Satan came to him, he said, "Is It is written, right? Thy word is light. It's a lamp unto my feet. God responds to the darkness by speaking who he is. We do the same. When darkness comes, we speak who we are in Christ. We don't speak the darkness. We don't agree with the darkness. We resist it. We stand against it, and we speak who we are in Christ. There are times in my life where I started entertaining the darkness, and I got weak, and I I started saying, God, what's happening? Why are you agreeing with the darkness? Why are you listening to dark thoughts? Why are you allowing those thoughts to dictate how you feel? Tell your body how to feel. Tell your soul to be happy. Tell yourself to rejoice. Tell yourself to be strong. Soul, rejoice. Emotions, rejoice. Don't wait for everything in the natural to be like you want it to be. Praise Him now. This is how we respond to darkness. We praise Him now. We speak who we are to the darkness. And what happens? The darkness recedes. It has no choice. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For God who commanded the light, the same God in Psalm 68, 28, who commanded your strength, has commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in your heart. That same light in Genesis 3 is radiating in you. It's a supernatural light. You can't see it with your eyes. But man, is it powerful. He commanded the light to shine out of darkness and shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God made you new so that you can be a vessel to give that light to others, right? So we're not overcome by the darkness. We overcome the darkness with light. We speak the promises of God over our lives. We believe them in our heart. We're walking conduits of the light of God. The person of God, the life of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God, the power of God. So here's God in verse 3, the first thing he does. Light be and light is. Right? All of creation is illuminated by who he is. That's day one. Right And day two he speaks and he separates the waters from under the firmament to the waters above and that firmament is called heaven. And day three he speaks and he speaks and the seas recede and dry land appears and the seas are made and plants and vegetation and fruits and blossoms burst forth in the earth and that's day three. And then day four, he speaks, and natural light comes into being. Burning, blazing balls of fire, more than we can count, are put in the universe, right? Stars are put in the sky on day four. Day five, God speaks to the sea, and creatures burst forth. Dolphins and whales and swordfish and marlins burst forth into the seas, and in the skies, flying creatures are. Can't wait to watch the video of this when we get to heaven. Yeah, and that's day five. And then on day six, he speaks to the earth and cheetahs spring forward and lions and giraffes and hippos just out of the earth. And then he does what has never, ever been done before in response to the darkness. He makes you. And know that he did it after he did everything else. After everything else was finished and the work was done, he made you as a living, breathing expression of him. Now keep in mind, at this point in time, the devil and his angels did not leave the earth. They're still there but they have no authority at this point because God has spoken. So they're still there, but they have no authority anymore. All right? Wow. Boy, my clock seems to be ticking here. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to continue what I want to get into here. We're going to pick it up here next Sunday. But I want you to realize this. We're going to look at the two reasons you were made. Now we say God is light and he is, but God is love as well, isn't he? First John also tells so love and light are the same. Right. So you are made in love's image. Okay. But primarily you're on earth for two reasons. One, love and two, authority. You're on earth to experience God's love and to give his love. And second, to walk in his authority. Most Christians would realize the first one or say, okay, I can agree with The second one, they're kind of like, huh? Walking in, and that's why they get beat up so much, right? If a police officer was, was told to direct traffic and he went out there in Bermuda shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, no one would, would, would recognize his authority. He has to put it on. He has to put on the hat with the badge and and the shirt and the pants and the belt. And when he goes out in the middle of traffic, people stop. Why? What happened? He put on his authority. There are many believers walking around in Bermuda shorts and Hawaiian shirts, and the devil doesn't listen to them because they haven't put on their authority. All right? You want to put on the hat and the badge, the name of Jesus Christ and his promises. And that's what we're going to talk about next time. All right? Hallelujah. But before we close, let's speak light just like God does. Let's put our confession up there. This is what we're doing, just what God did. So as you're saying this, you're speaking it over your life. You're speaking over the situations of your life. Let's speak light. Are you ready? And this is straight from the Scriptures. I am, say it with me, I am strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. That's the facts, Jack, Right? His faithful promises are my armor and protection. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my shield, and my strength. Jesus is my light and my salvation. I walk in the light as he is in the light. I walk in the light of life. Amen, right? Let's say it again, right? You say this over and over, see? It's, it's a repeated thing. It's a way of living. We, we speak it into our lives. It's a steady stream, a steady river. Let's do it again. I am strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my shield and my strength. Jesus is my light and my salvation. I walk in the light as he is in the light. I walk in the light of life. Amen. Father, we thank you for the light of your life radiating from us and in us. Thank you for opening our eyes, the eyes of our heart this morning, to know you more. In Jesus' name. Father, I lift up everyone here, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, would unveil Jesus today in every heart here. That questions would be answered today. Life questions. By your spirit today. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And experience the abundant life He came to give you.